Oh, trendsetters, this is episode 593 of the Transmove Podcast. My name is Tim Egg, and if you have a question for the show, jump on through to the website, www.transmove.com, or send me through an email, tim at transmove.com. Follow my training at coronavirus.com. Now, I won't bore you guys to tears with a story or what's going on in my little world. I'll just jump straight into the question purely because I have a feeling I might ramble a bit too much on this episode. And I'm you know, probably going to bore you to tears anyway, so I'll, uh, we'll just continue. Today's question comes from Brendan, who I coach. It is, uh, his question is... Uh, the new buzzword is the Norwegian model for training. Any ideas what this is and how it, if any, differs from what has been done previously? Yeah, it is the new buzzword. And I have been very, very fascinated with following their their coaches more than their athletes. Um, I... <laughs> I would say when I first got into um, triathlons, I started following all different type of pro triathletes. I was obsessed by Chris McCormack, Craig Alexander, uh, Guy Crawford, Luke McKenzie, Dirk Buckle, um, uh, Chris Liado. I, I was just obsessed by these athletes. And then at some point... Around the, when I started coaching, getting interested into coaching, but in particular once I started coaching, that really quickly transitioned from me being obsessed by these athletes to being obsessed by coaches and following um, what different coaches are doing what and what how do they think the way they think. And I, I remember one of the greatest podcasts that I loved, and I'm sure the episodes are still out there, but they've stopped recording them, unfortunately, is um, Sports Coach Radio. And they had um, they were interview some of the greatest coaches of all different types of sports and um, from from the NFL through to um, soccer, through to um, triathlons, just basketball coaches, just everything. And I, I just became obsessed by that coach, by that uh, um, podcast. Anyway, so so I, I, my obsession by certain coaches have changed over the over the years. Um, depends what's going on and what I'm interested in at, at the time, but I would say for the last couple of years I have been watching pretty damn closely what the um, you know the Norwegian systems is and trying to trying to learn as much as I can from from what what we see and and stuff and I have sent um questions into a few of them and i've had a couple of responses not many i may have sent um a dozen different emails over, <laughs> over the last two years and try and, and slid into inboxes such a sleazy word that but um <laughs> i slid into their dms or whatever it is it's so sleazy but um just asking questions and i've probably heard back two or three different replies from my emails so and i'm sure every man and his dog sending questions in so it you know if it probably you know most of would be like me just most of them don't get answered but um it is very fascinating with the way they do do things and what they're doing and how they're doing 
anyway, look, I mean, I'm going a long, st- long way around answering your question. I remember because I don't listen to too many triathlon-related podcasts unless I'm looking at um, a particular, you know, want a particular interest that I'm, um, a topic that I'm focusing on, or a particular coach I wouldn't mind listening to more about their methods or a particular athlete. But generally, it's the coaches and if i'm looking and i'm trying to dive deeper drill deeper into a particular coach i might listen to a few interviews from their from their athletes to see if i can pick up on a little bit um and one thing i did pick up on pretty quickly is everyone just uses the word lactate testing that, that that that's their that's their model. They're just doing all this lactate testing. That's it. And 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 intensity control using lactate. That's all they do. It's and that's the only answer you hear back from um, other coaches are talking about them. And and there's and clearly they they're not following what they're doing. Yes, that plays a big part of what they do um but and it's not doing lactic testing isn't a new concept the the way they're doing it's definitely newish to to um definitely to this sport they're using it for um intensity control but you know moses was getting his lactate tested when he was making the arc it's it's been around for donkeys so to, 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 they, but they do get a lot of credit. But that's the only thing people know about uh, uh, from, from a lot of stuff I've heard on the on the um, different podcasts and stuff. But anyway, let's go a little bit deeper into what they do. So everything's very calculated. Everything's very measured with what they do. Um, no big secret there, and none, none of this is really is a big secret. They're just taking um, the basics and just going a little bit deeper into each each aspect and trying to control it as much as they possibly can so we know they take lactate testings and we know that's not cheap either um in in te- for intensity control so they're not overdoing it they're spending more time underdoing it they first up they're getting um metabolic profiling in just about every situation so they'll go into the labs test it and said they'll do on on in field testing they go to altitude they'll do another lot of testing just to make sure that they get their um, intensities right that every everyone pretty well knows that's the case and that's what everyone thinks the the way the way there's a few things here these, these, um, the two, the two kingpins of it, you know, Gustav Eden and um, Christian Blumenfeld, they, they've been at it since you know what, sixteen years old, training together, um, training in this group, training high volume from like around that 15, 16 years of age, um, like big volume, so they can handle a lot. So it's. Um, your your general top top level pro is doing that fifteen hundred hour volume a year, um, where the the these lads would be significantly higher than that. 
um, but they're into, but obviously you know going back to that intensity control, they're they're not doing anything silly in 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 training. They're not, you know, they're not doing two minute eight hundreds on on the track. It's very very controlled, so they can continuously have that volume up. Um, every they're very very big on the data. Now we, that again we 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 know that, but. But what they do, it's easy to collect all this data. You know, they, they start off with the basics, uh, metabolic profile. They're, they're measuring HRV. They're measuring um, j- just everything they can possibly can, and they're getting more. And they get more and more and more and more. It's mostly what they can do um, continuously, do on a regular basis, so they can have more data points. Now, what else they do is, you know, the. Um, Oh, what's his name? Uh, Oliver Alexander Boo. He, he's not spending all day every day looking at all this data. They actually have uh, another person whose your full-time job is to siphon all this data, big picture data, little big, but you know, from a micro and macro level. They 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 look at things from from an outside. They start diving deeper into little bits. Um, they're testing everything what sort of nutrition they can handle how much they can handle under what conditions can they handle um and then they're optimizing absolutely everything from um, aerodynamics through to train drive through to tire pressure what um you know everywhere they go there's um, an air temperature and humidity and wind uh, monitor they've got so they can work that out there grabbing the um, millimetres deep of um, the road, road surfaces, so they can work out the exact PSI they need in each tyre. Um, they don't leave anything for chance. What sort of, um, you know, as for an instance, they'll, they'll go do um, a, a, a run. Generally, they, they, they have their what they think they can run on, on race day at a particular race on at this course but what can they do on this on this other course so they take all these tests make sure that they're um you know (laughs) make sure they got the absolute power and pace and lactate um markers all set right um another thing that we don't see most other uh, most athletes do be just because it's so in-depth um, oh, this is the thing I've been really fascinated with at the moment is calorie budgets for athletes their program um, and um, they'll create their program along a big picture program so they'll do um, two three months worth of programming in one hit so um, and then they'll redefine it as, as they're going so they'll go over it over um, the three you know they'll reassess the next three weeks and they'll go over it with a fine tooth comb and they'll go over it again that that week to make sure that this program for the athlete is going to be a hundred percent spot on but generally they'll map it out three months or so in advance um, but it and that is all based around calories now they've done extensive research in what which athlete can what can the most amount of volume and intensity that that athlete can handle before taking backward steps when it comes to calories so all the you know when i create a um, program for instance it's based around the athletes available training hours their goals their strengths their weaknesses their um 
you know what's going on with family and work and and stuff like that it's ba- it's it's more time based um type of programming there's because they you know those those boys and girls live like monks um they they have it based purely on calories and they, they did oh, forget what sort of water it is they made them drink so many this particular water every day and they tested their urine every day and um for, to work out the what sort of carbohydrates are they burning uh, is it getting replenished into their um, muscles in time so they worked out over a two-week period the exact amount of calories these boys and girls can um, burn in in a week and still make progress and then at what point if they go past that will they start taking backward steps and while a lot of coaches especially at the elite level will try and work out what's the minimum amount of volume and intensity this athlete needs to perform at a very high level they kind of switched it around like how much can we do before they start taking backward steps and with that they're able to measure very very nicely the um the level of recovery they can see that they're able to recover because their volume is such high you know we saw um was it six or seven days out from kona uh, they they do a three a hundred kilometer bike ride with um with a 40k run off the bike and the 40k run off the bike was i think by memory it was three times 35 minutes and each one was um each interval was like 10 seconds or five seconds per kilometer faster than the last one you know just about every other athlete racing Kona's put the pool cube up and they just got their feet going feet up in the air resting at that stage they're not they're not you know those sort of sessions were probably done a month prior if if at all um so there there are the the amount of volume they can handle is pretty pretty impressive and but that goes all the way back to you know you hear stories that they were training 20 hour weeks at at, at 16 years of age so they just lived the monk life but the main the main things is the main things is the metabolic profile the intensity um the intensity control the the programs based around um, a calorie budget, and most and and they try to optimize everything, optimize from race kits through to shoes, through to bike positions, through to um, their their chains, tire pressure, um, position of their heads. Um, just they try and optimize absolutely absolutely everything yeah. and and that's not just for race day they try and optimize everything on um try and optimize everything during each training session as well try try and nail them the only thing the thing that excuse me the thing that was surprising that while they're so um while they're so 
over every aspect of their of these athletes' lives. The nutrition side of it, it takes the biggest surprise to me. Of their day to day nutrition, now they're they're eating the main meals, and but they'll get just about anything and everything in between those main meals just to fuel these sessions. And um, you look at something like pro cycling, for instance, these top level pro cyclists that are going for Tour de France wins, and um, excuse me, I'm talking too much. I had to have a drink. They're you know they they work out the you know the the training what they've burnt what they need to re, um fuel for recovery ready for that next day or the next session they tell the athlete exactly what they need in and and you know you need this amount of carbs you need this amount of protein you need this amount of fats you need this this yeah, at this time wait 45 minutes and i want you to have this this it's to an art where they they just don't do that so that that's the biggest surprise to to me with that with with their system that is um as instituted as that system is, appears to be that's that's the biggest surprise and i'm sure once i hit um once i finish this gas bagging in this microphone here i'm going to come up with, i'm going to remember and come up with 300 other points i could have mentioned um but it, it's a very interesting very interesting system it's definitely not for everyone it'd be interesting to see what happens when they start um, getting a bit older and start meeting, you know, get partners, get girlfriends, get want to have families. It'd be interesting to see what they can handle. But at the moment, they just seem to be machines. As in, uh, they they sleep. You you know that that's another thing they're doing. A lot of the, where a lot of pros just can't because they've got lives. Um, they 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 do their morning session at you know around lunchtime they're having an hour nap you know I'm sure everyone wishes they could have an hour nap but very very few pros are able to have that hour nap and then they're getting another one or two sessions in through the day um, and then the way they structure their sessions is pretty cool the, the, like the double threshold days um, not a lot not a lot of will generally do that they'll hang hang around that. Um, one key session for the day and the rest would be more easy to aerobic so there's a lot of cool stuff about it it'd be what would be really cool is if um um you know one of the um main guys actually writes a book on the on almost like a diary on the system i like i like those sort of books where they log a diary for a year or two um oh what's his name it's um it's his name's going to come to me in a second. There was a, a pro triathlete in the early two thousand, like two thousand and ten ish, um, who wrote a, a, a year's diary um, called Pro. And um, God, it, geez, it was a great book. I just can't think of his name at the, from the top of my head. Um, but, and he was one of you know the Kona favourites, but just could never quite crack it. Anyway, I'm Jibbering. If you guys have any other questions, jump on through to the website, trainsmooth.com. Until next episode, hooray.